The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. And for the first time in franchise history, this surprised me, but the Royals go 81 and 81, a mark they've never done before. And obviously we would have been jumping for joy, screaming bliss toward the heavens even six, seven, eight years ago. But this is the kind of year that was disappointing for the defending world champions as the Royals become the fifth straight World Series winner to miss the playoffs in a year that featured a lot of disappointment. Mainly on the injury front, there was obvious fatigue, especially from core guys in the pitching staff and underperforming as well from some key cogs on the team. But also there were some very good things that happened, and that's what we'll mainly focus on on your 2016 year-end dish with Davo on Clubhouse Conversation, where as we've done for the last three years... On the majority of post games, we begin this with your player and pitcher of the year right here on your dish. By the way, before we get started, I do want to let you know we will be doing former player interviews throughout the winter. So make sure you bookmark us here at clubhouseconversation.com. Follow us on Twitter at Royals Clubhouse. Subscribe on iTunes, Clubhouse Conversation. We are also on Facebook. So we will be, you know, we'll be with you throughout the winter and do a couple dishes from time to time as well. But let's begin with your player of the year. And there were Several candidates. There's the guy I went with who will announce last here. I thought maybe for a brief second about putting somebody like Chesler Cuthbert in there. Maybe the biggest surprise and most pleasant surprise offensively from the position players was Chesler Cuthbert. A guy you have to consider, obviously, as well is Paulo Orlando hitting over 300. Congratulations to him. You got to look at Gerard Dyson bringing his average up 40 points the last six weeks, getting over the 30 stolen base campaign. You've got to look. Eric Hosmer, career-high home runs, got over the 100 RBI. Mark did see a dip in his OPS and on base and some of the other uh, very important stats. You know, Whit Merrifield comes up, has a great year. On and on. But the guy I went with is Kendris Morales, who improbably wins player of the year. If you would have told me back in June I would have been you know, choosing Kendris Morales as the player of the year, I would have thought you were crazy. But he earns that, and he was statistically, too, our player of the game 10 times this year on post-game dishes. So he did lead position players with 10 player of the games this year on Clubhouse Conversation. He hits 30 bombs, drives in 93, OPS is 795. A very, very good season as things turned out for Kendris Morales, who battled wrist issues early on in the season and really probably lost six weeks of the season when he was banged up. And now the Royals... And their fans await to see what they do with Morales. And this is going to be a very complicated offseason. I'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes. I don't envy Dayton more because I don't know what they do with Morales, who obviously is not going to do a mutual option. The Royals, I would have thought no chance in hell they'd offer him a qualifying offer as recently as two months ago. The 16.3 or 16.6, whatever it ends up being, one-year qualifying offer is certainly tempting. But as we talked about the other night on the dish, there are a number of very good DHs. The one thing this free agency class does have is DHs. There ain't much else, but there's Mark Trumbo. There's Edwin Encarnacion. There's Brandon Moss. There's Pedro Alvarez. There's Carlos Beltran, there's Mike Napoli, there's Kendris Morales. And I'm not saying the Royals are in the running for those guys. My point being, I don't know that the market will be there for Kendris Morales to get 
that kind of money. So even though he had a tremendous year, I still have my doubts whether the Royals should do a one-year $16 million qualifying offer on him. Because I know there's no bad one-year deals, but I don't think he's going to get that much money in the open market. I think he's looking more in the line of two-year, $24 million, something like that. And I, I don't know that the Royals – I almost said they should – in a way, I want them to turn down the qualifying offer, but then they lose the draft pick. You know, it's kind of – if they offer it to him, I think he's going to take it. I don't th- – Morales is going to take one-year $16 million, I believe, with the guys on the market. That's financial security big time, and it gives him a chance, if he has a really good year, to have one more big payday the following year. Would you rather take one-year $16 million or two years $24 million? Probably the one-year $16 million. So, uh, on one hand, the Royals could offer it, and it'd be a win, you know, having him back. On the other hand, they could offer it, and he turns it down, and that'd be a win, getting a, a first-round draft pick. But I'm just saying, I don't know that they will offer him. I don't think they should have a couple months ago, and I don't know that they should now, because I don't know that the market's going to give him that kind of money. So it's a little bit dangerous for a team that talked today in their post-game press conference that we heard this morning with Dayton Moore and Ned Eos, a team that talked about, and, and Dayton said, you know, on a spreadsheet, this is a messy season. On a spreadsheet, this this roster was constructed with a payroll that will end up right around $140 million. It was constructed to make a deep run in the playoffs. It didn't, and I take responsibility for that is what Dayton said this morning. And he also said, you know, we may have to take a step back in payroll. Mr. Glass has been very generous, is the quote, but, you know, we may have to take a slight step back in payroll, which, of course, some season ticket holders aren't going to be happy with, having their rates go up 5 6% on tickets. But the Royals have been outspending this market, certainly, the last couple of years. Second smallest market, top 15 payroll a couple of years ago, borderline top 10, depending where it ends up this year. So I can understand taking a slight step back. But with that said, can you really afford, if, if your payroll truly is going to go down, and, and we've heard many times where the Royals say they're done spending and they're maxed out and they end up still spending more. So it could be posturing. It could be Dayton Moore doesn't know. So... That doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. But if the Royals do take a step back in payroll, it's hard to imagine them adding a $16 million a year DH. So that's where I'm at on that. Now, pitcher of the year for the Royals, Danny Duffy. Obviously. 12-3 and for the Duffman. 3-5-1. Innings, 179 and two-thirds. You know my thoughts on this. I would have shut him down about 10 innings ago. It doesn't end up mattering, hopefully. But 179 and two-thirds does strike out 188 hitters and a 1.14 whip for a top 10 pitcher in the American League. Duffy is certainly that. Now, talking about the press conference this morning, we heard a couple of guys mentioned about long-term deals, and specifically Eric Hosmer and, and Dayton had pointed out, I don't know that I've ever you know, extended a guy going into his final year of arbitration to a long-term deal. Most guys smell free agency and they want to play out that last year. They're one year away from, you know, a lot more options, and you can't blame the player for that, especially a Scott Boris client. So I do not believe the Royals will do a deal with Eric Hosmer this winter, nor should they at this point. 26 years old, right in the prime of his career, obviously, but maybe whoever you want to believe, defensive metrics are certainly undervaluing him, but there's no doubt that he wasn't as good defensively this year, and that's you know, the third, fourth, fifth most important thing when you look at a first baseman in the American League, I get that. The power was better. The home runs, career high, getting over 100 RBIs. But the OPS, not great, not getting on base as much. A lot more ground balls than you'd like to see out of Eric Cosmer. And quite frankly, to me, not a guy that I'm quite comfortable enough giving six years yet to, or that it'll probably take to get him at this point. And he'd won certainly an opt-out. But like I said with Duffy, he is a guy the Royals control for one more season. And he made $4.2 million-ish this year, Danny Duffy. He's the one guy I do think KC should and will lock up this winter. A guy who, you know, for years, the the famous hashtag, bury me a royal. I think he will be buried a royal, hopefully. And he's a guy I think the Royals lock up this winter. I think they can get it done. 
Danny Duffy is going to be 28 years old next year, so you know he's good for four or five more really good years. And the thing with Duffy is it's kind of a risk for both sides right now, right? I mean, Duffy that fits that same bill as Hosmer, a year away from free agency. And Duffy, a top 10 left-hander in the American League, certainly is worth four times the amount he made this year if he does this another season, right? So on one hand, Danny Duffy's signing a year a deal with the Royals, and I think if they do sign him, it'll be something like a five-year deal with an opt-out after the third year. Let's backload this deal since the Royals have quite a bit of money. Still got to pay Omar Infante next year, Chris Young next year, Moose Hosmer getting raises, Kane getting a raise, and Davis and Herrera. You got a lot of guys who are coming out the books. Escobar, the Royals should pick up his $6.5 million option. A lot of guys coming out the books, though, after the 2017 campaign. So let's say the Royals backload it and give him a five-year deal but with a three-year opt-out you know, point that gets him something in the realm of five years and I don't know, 55 to 60. Is that fair? I don't know exactly. I'm not a contract expert here, but it would seem something like that would be fair for both sides. Duffy gets financial security for life and the Royals get him at a, at a bargain rate if he continues to pitch even 80% of what he did this year. On the other hand, it's a slight list for the Royals because Duffy has done it now for a couple of years, been fantastic, but there's always the injury concerns and did wear down a bit towards the end of this year. ERA well over five the last Eight ten starts. A guy that's been injured in the past, so there you know there are some concerns for both, some risks for both sides. I do think a deal will get done though this winter. I think Duffy's the one guy the Royals will get locked up. I would like to see that. That's one of my top three things I definitely want to see this winter from the Royals. Now before we get to what else you know might happen or what I, what else I'd like to see from the Royals this winter, a few great memories from this year: the seven run ninth inning against the White Sox at Kauffman Stadium. How special was that, right? The month of August was the best point of the season, the most fun part of the season. The Royals went 20-9 and nine in the month of August. Put themselves back on the outskirts of the playoff race. I know, I know. They were they were in it, Daveville, completely. Well, they kind of were. There were still four teams, and they were still – I don't believe they ever got closer than three games or maybe two games for a day or two. So the Royals were still on the very outskirts, but they put themselves back in it after a horrible July when they went 7-19. and 19. So, you know, uh, that was – a fun month, August, after a horrible July. Danny Duffy coming into his own, obviously a great memory. Chesler Cuthbert mentioned him. Paulo Orlando mentioned him. Whit Merrifield mentioned him. And how about Jason Vargas, the way he finished out in three outings? 2.25 ERA, looked as sharp as he had back in 2014. That is a big takeaway for me. Another kind of surprise. I didn't expect to see Jason Vargas this year, especially with the whole insurance quandary. Will the Royals lose their insurance money? Will they have to pay a lot to have him pitch briefly in September? I didn't expect to see him, and he pitched really well. Looked really good out there. And three games is extremely small sample size. I think he was, what, 12 innings? So you can't look at it too much. But just the way he looked. The velo was back, upper 80s, touching low 90s, working on the corner. Just looked sharp. Sharp? Sharp. Did I say sharp? I meant to say sharp. There we go. So, like I said, the bad, the 7 and 19 July, the 12 and 15 September. That September put a fork in him. The road record was awful, 34 and 47. Conversely, the Royals were 47 and 34 at home. Were completely dominated by Cleveland, the class of the AL Central this year. The bads, the injury to Moose in Chicago. A lot of people at that time said the season was over, and it wasn't. But that was the beginning of the Royals just going through injury after injury. Kane misses, obviously, well over a month. Davis misses a month. Perez 
a week and a half, and at the end was banged up. Mike Miner missed the whole season. That was a big injury. Miner and Medlin both. You had. To, I felt like the Royals felt like one of them would would take a step forward and and become good starting pitchers this year. I think the Royals really were banking on Mike Miner to be honest to kind of be their 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 second half addition, kind of like their trade deadline move without actually making a move. You get him back in July, August, never happened. And I'm not sure with Mike Miner having all the shoulder issues that it ever will happen. He's signed for one more season. Not hold my breath there, but certainly a guy in Mike Miner that you hope can be uh, a fifth starter candidate next year with a lot of other guys. If the Royals don't make any moves, which I think they will, but if they don't, you've got Duffy and Kennedy and Ventura and Vargas penciled in. Volquez ain't coming back unless he's going to take two years. <clears throat> 10 million or something, but do you want to give focus? Well, he's one of the maybe the worst, arguably the worst starting pitcher in the American League with the amount of outings he had. So obviously, you're not going to, I wouldn't bring him back anyways. But those are the four you, you see coming back, and that fifth spot in the rotation is down to Minor, Strom, Flynn. You've got to put in there. Dylan G, the Royals have him arbitration for one more year, had the thoracic outlet syndrome, much like Chris Young and Luke Hochaver. Uh, there are a few names you could see in there for the number five starter. Even some outside chances. The guys like Brooke Pound- Brooks Pounders and Alec Mills and Miguel Almonte had a horrible season, but I'm not totally giving up on him with his stuff and upside. So you've got some options there internally. The Royals will need to add a starting pitcher, though, this offseason. And it's going to be a tough winner. Especially, it's tough to predict what the Royals are going to do because, as we just talked about, we don't know where the payroll is going to be. We don't know what David Glass is telling Dayton Moore. So it's tough to know. I mean, I'm guessing the Royals take an eight to ten million dollar step back in payroll, which is going to be challenging with a number of guys getting bigger deals and, and deals backloaded and, and arbitration. And you're going to have to get rid of some guys. You've got some very tough decisions. I, I think it's a pretty easy one to keep Alcides Escobar, pick up that six and a half million dollar option. I believe the Royals will do that. Raul Mondesi not ready yet at shortstop. He will be ready. It'll be Escobar's last year, most likely with the club in 2017, with Mondesi taking over in 2018. And you pick him up. You try to get Duffy signed, get a little cost control there, maybe really backload Duffy's deal. He's a team first guy. Try to get him on the cheap for next year. Uh, but, I mean, Morales, can you afford Morales? I'm going to have to say no, guys. If I'm putting together this team, I'm not bringing back Kendris Morales at 16. If it takes $16 million a year, it ain't happening. Now, if I can get Kendris Morales for 2 and 20 I'm thinking strongly about it. But... You got to remember all the, 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 the I don't want to say aging, but guys the Royals have who get banged up in recent years. And Lorenzo Kane's been healthy the last couple of seasons until this year, but Kane may need a day a week at DH. Alex Gordon could really use a day a week at DH. Salvi could use a day a week at DH. Moose coming off ACL could. Cuthbert may end up playing there. Especially if Merrifield wins a second base job. It sounds to me like it's between Merrifield and Cuthbert. If you didn't hear Cuthbert headed to Instructs today to learn to play second base. That seems like it may not happen because I've seen him play second base in the minor leagues. I saw him play a couple of times at Northwest Arkansas back in 2013 or 2014. 2013, I believe. 2014. Yeah, one or the other. But then again, he's also gotten eons better since then defensively and a lot more better with his lateral quickness and, and feet. So that, that's, you know, I saw him a long time ago. So he could be a lot better to actually work out second. I'm not going to say he's not, but seems like a long shot. But, I mean, do you really, if you're a team like the Royals that probably can only make one big move this winter, I don't know that I, if I'm if I'm having to cut payroll, I think a guy like Morales is gone. And I think maybe Gerard Dyson is gone. Uh, you know, you bring in a guy like 
Billy Burns. You've got a guy like Paulo Orlando. To me, those are your two fourth and fifth outfielders. Burns, your fifth outfielder. Orlando, your fourth. I don't want to go into next year with Paulo Orlando as my starter necessarily. It's just, it's just the pop isn't quite there. I want to see Alex Gordon and Kane out there, and I don't know, you know, that, that third outfielder, who is it going to be? Uh, to me, the Royals need to add an outfielder this winter, for sure. You're a much stronger team with Orlando and Burns coming off the bench. And I'm not saying I want to – and this is just me going by what Dayton Moore said today. This is me – if your payroll can go up 15 $20 million, which it won't, but if it can, you keep a guy like Dyson around. You probably keep Morales. But, I mean, you can't just bring the same team back on the field that was 13th in the league and run scored and it couldn't score runs. You don't just put the exact same team back on the field next year. You don't bring back everybody. That's not how it works if you want to improve. And some guys will get better. Alex Gordon's going to be better next year for certain. Mike Moustakis, of course, will be back in the lineup. Kane, hopefully. I mean, so the offense should get better on its own, and this is the same offense that won a World Series. I get that. So I'm not saying you have to completely overhaul it, but I don't think it would be wise to go into the season with the exact same offense. So to me, Morales probably gone in with a rotating DH, and you add one bat, and that's going to be an outfielder. I don't know if the Royals feel comfortable with Kane in center or put him in right. Whoever that is, the Royals need to find a way to get one outfield bat. That's my number one priority. My number two priority is, the, is getting the starting pitcher. One starting pitcher, one medal of the order. And to me, the way you're going to do that is have the money for that. Because, there, well, there's nobody good in the market. The Royals ain't getting a middle of the rotation starter on this market with the, with the way guys are going to go for it. If they sign someone, it's going to be a Volquez or a Brett Anderson or somebody with a flaw, whether it be injury or coming off a bad year. And I don't know that I want that to be your only starting pitcher move. So to be able to afford the starting pitcher, to me, here's what the Royals need. They need an outfield bat, a starting pitcher, and two bullpen arms. Okay? That's what they need. An outfield bat, a starting pitcher, two bullpen arms. The outfield bat they should be able to find through free agency. The starting pitcher they're going to have to make a, a trade for. The two bullpen guys, you know, maybe one major league deal and, and a small trade to get the other one. That's that's what I see. So, to get the starting pitcher, you may have to look at trading a guy like Kane or Moose or Davis or Herrera. And I know I, I get trading Davis Herrera completely goes against what I'm saying. You're, you're like, well, then Davis, if you're going to get rid of him, you got to get three relief pitchers. I get that, but not necessarily. I mean, depending on what the Royals want to do with Flynn and Strom, I believe one of those two guys will be the lefty in the pen. You know, Soria's back out there. Soria, guys, by the way, speaking of which, let's not completely write him off yet. And Soria is a guy, two things about him. A. He's not the worst pitcher in the league or anything. Let's not act like he's the worst thing ever. He was just misused. He was put in wrong situations this year. If you use Soria correctly as your Chen Ming Wong type of guy out there for the majority of this year, like your fifth or sixth guy, he's fine. You just can't be bringing him in as your third or fourth guy. Now, some of that was injury. You know, I mean, you lose Davis for a month and you lose Luke Hochaver and, you know, Herrera's worn down. And some of that's not all Nedios' fault. And, you know, he, he can only pitch what he's given. And Dayton Moore gave it to him for three years. A second thing on Soria, do you want to maybe try him? As the starting pitcher next year, I know it sounds crazy, and I've been laughing at that. People for years have been saying, oh, put him as a starter. And you all hear Soria saying he wants to do it. He's got a contract right now that's that's authored to really give him more money and, and a lot of bonuses if he does start. Maybe it's worth trying, though. We, You know, the high leverage versus you know low leverage situations, he was so much better in low leverage this year. And that shouldn't matter. It's, it's a veteran. He shouldn't be getting rattled. He's been a successful closer. So I, I don't know that that's the reason. I think it may just be usage, and some of it may be chance. But you can't help but wonder if the bad jujus, you know, the negativity and the boos don't hurt his confidence, and maybe it is something to the close games. But more than that, you know, you can live with Joaquin Soria giving up three runs in five or six innings. So I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued by him as a starter. I don't know that it's going to happen. 
But it's just something to think about. It wouldn't shock me if the Royals try to stretch him out a bit more next year. But yeah, a starting pitcher, you're going to have to make a, tr- a trade for that. A young, controllable starter. Don't ask me who that is because I don't. I can't tell you. I don't know who's available, etc. But to me, I see a, a trade bringing in the starting pitcher, possibly a bullpen arm as well, especially if you're putting a, a big-time guy in there like a Davis or uh, a Kane or whoever it might be. It would not shock me if Lorenzo Cain gets traded this winter. I'm just going to put that out there. To me, the, uh, the position players, Lorenzo Cain has the best shot at getting traded. But the Royals got to get that starting pitcher, and they need to get a couple of bullpen arms. You know, whether you want to sign one, you know, Hochaver Holland maybe is one of the free agency signings. Maybe you sign both of them and, and, you know, make a trade to get a third guy. If you end up dealing Davis, you get a bullpen guy back and along with the starting pitcher. Maybe you package Davis and Cuthbert. Yeah, this isn't a video game, so it's, it's tough to say. You know, it's <laughs> these kind of trades don't seem to ever happen in real life. So I don't know any more than you do, probably what they're going to do. That's what I'm saying. The, the, most off seasons, I pretty much have a good feeling about. Okay, they're going to do this. This guy's gone. This guy's back. They're going to trade this guy. This off season, I really have no freaking idea because we don't know exactly where the payroll is going to be, and that's a big deal. And we don't know who's going to sign a long term deal and who's not. We don't know what the trade market is. But this offseason, to me, let's put it this way, is going to be predicated more by trades more so than in the past. I think the Royals, if they want to get to where they need to get, probably are going to have to make one big trade, possibly two. But I think there will be a big trade. And I'm not saying blockbuster trade. Like I'm not talking Grinky type trade, but I'm a pretty decent trade. Think like a Ben Zobras type trade, although maybe not with minor league players, you know, stud players. So that's where I'm at. In summary, second base is fine with me. Let them battle it out. You can't afford to worry about second base. You did not feel bad, number one. You need a starting pitcher, three or four type, number two, via trade. You need two bullpen arms. You need to lock up Danny Duffy. And if you could do four of those five things, it's been a great offseason. So there you go. That's where we're at. Love to hear your thoughts on the Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse. Drop me an email, DaveO at clubhouseconversation.com. Appreciate you listening to The Dish throughout the season. You know, The first two years of the site, The Dish was 140 times, something like that. We did cut down to about 100 times this year, maybe 96 times. So I do apologize. We got a little busier this year. May look at doing a very in-depth dish once a series next year so I can you know, give you a really in-depth dish every three games. Try to be more... You know, a lot more, a little more regular next year. So I apologize for missing some dishes during portions of the season. But keep it here too for current player interviews during next season, and we'll have some off-season player interviews throughout the winter as well with former guys here on Clubhouse Conversation. Really appreciate you listening all year. Going to be a long winter without the Royals, but enjoy some October baseball. I want to thank the KC Royals themselves for a great season and all the great memories, and we'll look forward to more coming up in 2017. Have a great winter. We'll be in touch throughout it. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. Say hi. It's Davo, clubhouseconversation.com.